I'm sort of, I'm proud and embarrassed to say this at the same time. We've done absolutely nothing. Like this has all been completely organic. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. Today, I'm joined by Matt Studdart, who's the founder of Front End Mentor, which helps people level up their front end coding skills by building projects. They have over 500,000 users and are hovering around 30K MRR. But Matt didn't start out wanting to build a SaaS. He actually started out playing poker and then became a personal trainer before completely changing career and learning how to code when he was 28. From then, he did a few coding jobs before starting Front End Mentor, which is what he does now full time. Before we dive into Matt's episode, I wanted to take a moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, Email Octopus. Email Octopus is an indie email marketing platform built to support other small growing businesses like yours. They are focused on affordability and ease of use, which is perfect when you're starting out as a bootstrapper. Email Octopus contains all of the features you need to reach and grow your audience. And you can start today without paying a penny on their free plan where you can contact up to 2,500 subscribers. To try Email Octopus, head to emailoctopus.com or hit the link in the show notes. Matt, welcome to the pod. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for a, for a little while. So let's wind the clock back. You, before all this, had like a different approach to life than many indie hackers would. You weren't a technical guy. You didn't want to build a business. You wanted to be a PT. You wanted to be in fitness. Talk to me about that and like your life goals when you were younger. So I had absolutely no coding experience whatsoever. Didn't touch any line of code until I was 28. I kind of never quite knew what I wanted to do. I never had like a clear career path. And I went to uni, I did sports science at university, and just hoped that a career in fitness or nutrition or something around sports would materialize. I absolutely loved doing sports science, but it actually didn't set me up for any jobs whatsoever. (laughs) I came out of university and I actually started playing poker full time because I just didn't know what I wanted to do whatsoever with my life. And I wait, hold on, you you were playing poker full time. How do you earn money through doing that? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit sort of online and then also just a bit on this casino at the Empire in Leicester Square as well. Just going down there on Friday and Saturday nights and. Um, I'm not proud of saying this, but just picking off kind of drunk people and, uh, and tourists <laughs> and things like at the casino. So you say you were doing this full time. How much were you earning from doing poker? I was earning, I think it was about £36 an hour was my kind of average. So it was, it was kind of three or four times the salary that I could have earned working at a <laughs> pub or something like that. Plus I had no boss whatsoever, so I could do whatever I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> from uni, you go to playing poker, then become a PT and and so how long did you do the PTing for and what was the impetus for like learning to code? I did the personal training business um, must have been for about five years or so and I had taken my business to what I thought was like as far as I could take it without bringing on much more risk. The reason why I started to learn to code was because as soon as I kind of realized that there was a bit of an expiry date on my personal training career. I just started having like lots of other ideas for potential businesses. The vast majority of them, and especially the ones that I liked the most, were always online ideas. So I was like, right, I don't have tens of thousands of pounds to spend on a developer to like build something and concept something. So yeah, it was very much like you had to learn to code. And 
I can't remember why, but I found lynda.com, seemed okay, started a subscription, wanted to build actual applications. So I knew like from a bit of research, I knew that I had to like learn the backend to be able to build the functionality. But then very quickly just got in a bit of a mess where it was like, I don't really have any structure to what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know how it all pieces together, which is where General Assembly came in, which is where I sort of fully, fully went into coding yeah. and did a, a full career change. Just like quickly 30 seconds, explain what General Assembly is for people that don't know. So it's a tech education company that both online and in-person offerings, and they help you get into careers like data science, web development, UX design, and mm -hmm. digital marketing and all kinds of different ones. They've got a range of offerings like two to three hour workshops, part-time, like twice weekly courses that run 10 to 12 weeks. And then they've got their full-time courses, which are focused on like real career changes like I was. With going full time with this boot camp, how you did had you made up enough savings? Was the plan to do this boot camp and then? So yeah, I had sold off my personal training clients. I had kind of a bit of bit of money in my account. I was able to effectively couch surf for three months while I went through the general assembly course. But the course was still, I mean, I think it was like eight thousand pounds at the time. But I just thought that to get into the industry, I needed a framework. I needed someone to tie it all together and give me some guidance. I needed, well, a mentor really. And so I had got the basics of coding. I was a junior developer. I was a full-time developer at a um, web development agency. I stayed there for four, a good four or so years, like working, working full-time there. I knew enough to then go back in as a teaching assistant at General Assembly on these part-time courses, earn a little bit of extra money. And then once we had got through two or three cohorts as a teaching assistant, I was then very much kind of in my mind, I was like, actually, I can, I can teach this now. I can, be, I can be a lead. And one of the lead teachers actually left. And so I put myself forward as a lead instructor, still very much part-time contract work. And, and got the job from there and then just carried on working at General Assembly part-time on top of my full-time job as a web developer. Okay, so we're now up into the point in which Frontend Mentor was conceived, which I believe was sort of from this role. And as far as I'm aware, Matt, is basically your students, once they'd learned the coding stuff, they didn't really know what to build and you would you, you would say well just like build something for a friend and they yep. couldn't always find something to build and that's how front end mentor yeah was born absolutely yeah hit the nail on the head it was very much yeah students they they would come out of the course they would have the theory they would have built a couple of projects but with a lot of help from the instructors whenever they got stuck and they would say exactly that. And they would always say, okay, that's fine, but I'm terrible at design. <laughs> like, I mean, des design and development are very much two completely different disciplines. And so whatever they built would just look terrible. And so then I would kind of say like, yeah, okay, well, if that's the case, go to Dribble or one of these like design resource websites and just try and emulate those designs to which point they would say like well dribble is more set up for it's just a design showcase there's no assets that you can download it's yeah. hard it's hard to recreate basically as a developer so 
in my head, that was like the aha moment where I was like, actually, yeah, why, do, why doesn't this thing exist? There's so many like exceptional tutorial websites out there. You've got kind of free code camp, which is a completely free curriculum, which is unbelievable. You've got other platforms like Frontend Masters and Scrimber and Udemy and places where you can get really good theoretical knowledge, like exceptional learning materials. However, when you want to sort of take the training wheels off and really like kind of crack your knuckles and get into coding, there was just nothing. So what was your MVP and how were you getting the first few users for it? So the, the MVP was, it looked awful because I designed it and built it myself and I'm, I'm colorblind and I'm an awful <laughs> designer. It's the truest sense of you, whatever you first build doesn't have to look great. It just has to do the thing that you want it to do. There's a website that gave like sketch resources. So sketches in the design software and you had, there was like free downloads that you could get that gave you the, the design. I thought, like, why not just download one of those free ones? I contacted the de the designer and just said, this is how I'm planning to use it. I plan to, like, cut cut your design up and use it as assets and then offer it as, like, starter code for developers to then build. Would you be happy for me to do this? I'll give a backlink to your website on Frontend Mentor. He was like, yeah, that sounds really cool. Go for it. And within a couple of days, it sort of whipped up this website with one challenge on there where it was literally just linked to the GitHub repository, you click download, it downloads the zip file. In the zip file, there's like a JPEG of the design, there's the HTML like with the pre-written content and all this kind of stuff. So Matt, were you trying to turn this into a business or was it just a tool to sort of help your students that you thought could be out there? At first it was a tool to help my students, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought like I would have used this in my early days coding if it was out there. Other developers, when I did put it out on Twitter and LinkedIn, people that I didn't know that weren't in my network started sharing the, the code and asking for feedback and stuff. And so I just started thinking, actually, this is, this has potentially got legs as a business. I didn't actually monetize it for a couple of years. I just had it as a free side project yeah. that I was just helping people out with. I probably could have monetized it sooner and, and made a bit of a go at it as a business sooner. But, but yeah, slow, slow and steady was the approach. How did you start monetizing it? We never offered the design file as part of the download. And so it was always JPEGs of the designs. But very quickly, people were saying, like, can I have the design file that I can then use to help me build it? And so I actually put, you know, buy me a coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Initially, just used that because it was like the quickest way to get up and running. Where I was like, I just packaged up the sketch file in a zip folder, put it in a Dropbox account, and then linked buy me a coffee to that Dropbox for that given design and then just put a, like a one-off purchase on, on the design files. And that was like the very first internet money that I'd ever made. And it was like, it was a beautiful moment. <laughs> how, how much was the first internet money? It was, it, we were selling, um, selling the design files at like $5 a pop, but it's, it doesn't matter how much it is. It's just as soon as, as soon as you make that first internet money, it's like a watershed moment for a lot of people. And it was for me. Talk to me about some of the growth stuff you've done. So was it two years since you started making money from it? Um, it was like 20, 2019 or so was when, was when we did the like buy me a coffee thing. It, we launched the, what we call the kind of the pro subscription in August 2020. So it's kind of two and a half years since we actually did the subscription, but we were kind of monetized before that. It was just one off, one off purchases via buy me a coffee. 
So Frontend Mentor is now pretty massive as a bootstrapped company. 500,000 users, 27k MRR. These are such great numbers, Matt. What have you done to grow that over time? And how can other people do the same? So, the, I mean, it has been coming up five years since I originally had the idea. So it's kind of, it's one of those things that there was a moment where a lot of people in the web development community were suddenly sort of talking about front-end mentor and we've continued to grow. We're growing at kind of 25 to 30,000 new users a month now, but it started out extremely slowly and it was very much like a drip feed and it's kind of just compounding over time. Mm. One of the biggest things that we did was make it so that people can share their projects essentially. Like, so we, we needed a bit of like a, vi- a viral loop and the best thing for us was just making it so that as soon as people submit their solutions, like they complete a project on Frontend Mentor, we make it super simple for them to then share it on Twitter, LinkedIn, within our own Slack community. They're like, I just finished this challenge on Frontend Mentor. Here's the link to my solution. I'd love love to get feedback on this, this, and this. There's an amazing book called badass make users awesome i think it's make users awesome um that's an exceptional book for teaching you about giving people moments that they're proud of so super shareable people are feeling good once they've made a project from front-end mentor i'm wondering like lots of people have really good products but struggle to get it in front of enough people so how are you like getting this in front of people where are you building up seo where are you doing paid marketing i'm sort of i'm proud and embarrassed to say this at the same time we've done nothing we've done absolutely nothing like this has all been completely organic based on community sharing and word of mouth and everything and it's something that we plan to change and like actually develop a content strategy and put out learning resources and all this kind of thing because it will help the community. It will help our site get in front of people. It doesn't make sense that we've not been doing it so far. It's just been, there's been so many other things to be doing as well. Yeah. Yeah. How how are you earning revenue now? What's the split for it? So it's all through the pro subscription at the moment, which the pro subscription gives people access to the Figma and sketch design files. It gives people access to our premium challenges, which are like showstopper portfolio pieces (laughs) where you can like go to a recruiter and be like, look, I've built this multi-page web app in React and all this kind of stuff. We've got plans to expand it more in 2023 as well. But that's kind of, that's all of our revenue now. So no, you can't, like buy things as one-offs anymore it's just all yeah. wrapped into the subscription but we've got a freemium freemium model so we've got free challenges and then we've got the pro subscription where you can like take it up a level if you want you know that i end every episode on three recommendations a book a podcast and indie hacker what have you got for me so book the one that's probably shaped my thinking the most as a founder is a company of one by paul jarvis so podcasts i can't like apart from indie bites obviously acquired i love acquired with the like deep dive business case studies incredible shout out to arvid carl massively just because what he does for the community i love him but then also as a lesser known indie hacker i'd have to say valentin from find email cool man thank you for the recommendations (laughs) appreciate you joining me on the pod no worries. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, James. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Indie Bites. Don't forget to check out our brand new sponsor, Email Octopus, and subscribe to my newsletter, The Indie Bite. 
To further support the show, you can join the membership. All links are in the show notes. As usual, see you in the next episode. <laughs>